Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Hello and welcome to Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark, joined by the wonderful... Brad Gray. Brad Gray. <laughs> the wonderful, huh? Yeah, well, the wonderful, you. yes. Well, so, I appreciate that. So, Brad, uh, this is an amazing moment because the B-Squad, who B-squad made, a back. lot of people probably have no idea what that is, yeah. but to us it means something. It does. <laughs> the B-Squad every, is back. Yeah, every <laughs> once in a while we get to host together, and we have dubbed ourselves the B-Squad for the last several years now. Yeah, so we love these moments. Yes, it's kind of like the bench warmers. They bring us in when they're really desperate. That is us, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to be back with you. It's good to be with everybody listening this morning. We have a great show planned. But before we begin, let's uh, begin with a prayer. All right, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Loving God, we give you praise and honor and glory on this uh, Lenten Monday. We thank you, Lord, for the offering of your the life of your son, Jesus. We thank you for the way of love that he has opened before us. We thank you especially for the eternal destiny that you have called each one of us to. We ask you, Lord, that you continue to deepen our love for you, our obedience, and our response to your grace. We ask, Father, that you shower us with the gift of your Holy Spirit this day and throughout this Lenten season, that our hearts may become fertile soil, that the, the fruits, the trees, uh, the life of your love and of your grace may take root in us, and we may be transformed, that we may become vessels of you for a world so desperately in need of your love and your presence. We ask this all with confidence in the words that your son Jesus taught us as we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right. Well, thanks again for being with us this morning here on Real Presence Live on Real Presence Radio. We are excited to be with you, Brad Gray, Brandon Clark. And, uh, you know, we have a really great show planned for you. We have... Well, we're in Lent, right? And mm-hmm. so if we are thinking about what's happening in the church right now, we've got some wonderful people mm. who are going through a program called RCIA, yep. the Rite of Christian Initiation of Adults, and uh, they're preparing to come into the church at Easter. So we have the pleasure of visiting with one of those gentlemen this morning yep. about Ooh. his journey so far and his excitement for coming into the church. We're also going to talk about some Lenten pilgrimage ideas with the one, the only Mary Hanbury. That's right. We sure like her. She's, she's fun. <laughs> she's exciting. And uh, we're also going to give away some donuts today. And uh, I'll also tell you in that segment, or well, after that segment, why I am a terrible friend to Brad. This is exciting. I can't wait for this. I'll fill you in on that. I feel terrible. He says not to, but we'll let you decide. <laughs> No, but we got Honor Our Father segment as well, which we're really looking forward to. 
I have been told, though, that the donuts will go out after Lent so as not to break any Lenten fasts. That being said, we still love our priests, we love our spiritual fathers, and we want to honor them and uh, just say thank you because they Mm -hmm. do so much for us. Absolutely. Yes, and to start things off this morning, we are just blessed to have a conversation now with Janelle Gergen from the Diocese of Crookston. Uh, Janelle, good morning. Thank you for being with us. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. So, Janelle, you uh, you fill a couple roles at the Diocese of Fargo. Why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? I mean, Diocese of Crookston. I'm sorry. I'm from the Diocese of Fargo. Crookston. Yes, yes. I'm sorry. He just drafted we're you. How do you feel about that? We're, we're right. neighbors. <laughs> we're neighbors. It's fine. Fine. Yes. So, I I have been with the Diocese of Crookston since 2014. Um but, yeah, so I've been married to my college Newman Center sweetheart, Ben, for over 17 years now, and we're the parents of four children. I always bring that up first because that's, you know, that's primary in my life, so mm-hmm. um, at being a wife and a mom. But, yeah, so I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts from Minnesota State University, Mankato, and a Master of Science in Communication from Purdue. Um, I have around 18 years combined experience in marketing and publishing communications and church ministry and my family and i we live in east grand Forks, which is on the minnesota north dakota border up here in northwest minnesota and yeah as i said i've been working full-time for the diocese of crookston since 2014 but and the diocese of fargo you just learned right <laughs> yeah and, and, and the diocese of fargo actually so many great friends in the diocese of fargo so yeah we're all we're all in this work together right and so. you actually have done some work for us at the diocese of fargo you helped us design our logo for the Made for Greatness Men's uh, Ministry. So, so there. Yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Janelle, I've had the privilege of knowing you for several years, and uh, I've always loved working with you because you have such a passion for serving the church. Can you talk a little bit about that passion and what brings you such joy in being able to work for the church and serve in the roles that you have with the Diocese of Crookston? Certainly. Um, so... I would say, you know, my role with the church has evolved over over the years, and in terms of having passion for that, you know, I, I would start out by saying, as a young adult graduating from college, I didn't I didn't set out necessarily to work full time for the church, um, but I guess God's grace and and His timing and His movement in my life has just really kind of guided me and and directed me. So something that sticks out about my journey and maybe how that maybe translated, you know, into passion is that uh, a dear priest friend of mine who I met in college said, well, he, he said then and he, he says it now, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. You know, we've all kind of heard that. And I think that that was really striking in my life as a young adult. And I think anytime I face a transition in my life, I've kind of felt God calling me um, in, a, in a way that ends up being very consoling, and it, it allows me to be trusting and have a docile response, okay? So that's probably kind of the setup for for where I am now a little bit. But um, my husband and I are both cradle Catholics uh, within our marriage and our families of origin. I would say volunteering and being part of the parish and even the wider diocesan community has been really important to us. And so I began my career, I can back up and just kind of share that, I began my career doing healthcare marketing in Mankato, Hmm. Um, and then a move to my hometown here of East Grand Forks in 2008. My my 
husband and I, we'd been married for about four years at that point. We, we had a young child. Um, the, the move across the state meant a job change for me. And so then I was doing marketing and publishing for a renewable energy company in Grand Forks. And the economy took a hit in 2008, 2009, and the company I worked for laid me off, along with about 40 other people on the same day. And my husband and I, in those years, we'd been teaching Theology of the Body in our parish RE program. And so when I was newly unemployed in my kind of marketing and publishing work, uh, there was an opening for youth minister at our parish, and the pastor called me, and he said, come on in, I got to talk to you, I need a youth minister. And so I went in, I visited with the pastor, and I said, okay, Father, I, I guess God has kind of led me to this moment, I'm unemployed, you know, there's a need, you have a need, so I'll fill the void for one year, is what I told him. I said, I'll do this for one year, but... Did he know you were unemployed at the time, Janelle? Yeah, and actually what kind of happened was, you know, the the youth minister had left the position, and I was laid off probably around the same week. And so I, you know, went on unemployment, And but I'm just an active parishioner anyway, so I think it was just that, that the pastor learned of my personal situation, but I had been in, working in the RE program as a volunteer, you know. And I had known the pastor for, you know, more than a decade, so he knew that I was, you know, capable of probably stepping into the role, but it was just a matter of, you know, it was a, it was a timing thing. Mm-hmm. So it turned into, like, five years. Yeah, of, that one-year yeah, thing I, is a dangerous statement. That one thing, yeah. <laughs> we, Like when we want to tell God what our plans are, right? So... Yeah. Um, Besides just regular youth ministry activities, I oversaw safe environment education, and and so it's a large Catholic school and parish that I was a part of. Um, and so I was doing confirmation prep and teaching theology of the body in the high school. And so anyway, it was a beautiful time of growth, and I valued those years a great deal. But in 2014, the Diocese of Kirkston was looking to enhance, you know, the work of the diocesan newspaper, and really they were looking to diversify how they communicated with their parishes. And um, I had developed relationships at that point with many who worked for the diocese. And them knowing my background in communications, I was offered a position to take over management of our Northland Diocese newspaper. Mm. So within a few years, then we established an office of communications, which we hadn't had prior. Um, I was named the director of the office, and things have just been really busy and really blessed since that time. Well, I have to say, Janelle, uh, as I mentioned earlier, you worked with us on designing the the Made for Greatness logo, and I will say that you're a very gifted person in the in the realm of communications, of of knowing how to get a message across. And so, I think it's it's um, in my estimation, it's been a wonderful fit to have you in that that position. It sounds like you were also elected last year to the board of directors for the Catholic Media Association in the U.S. So, w- what is that? What's the Catholic Media Association? What does your role look like? Uh, in that. Sure. So the mission of the Catholic Media Association is really to build and strengthen Catholic media in the United States and Canada and the way that the way that that is done. And we're a nonprofit. Um, you know, we're just kind of self-governed and we're a nonprofit, but we offer professional development and spiritual growth opportunities across its membership of about 800. So we have 800 members and that's you know, they're, they're diocesan members, they're Catholic media outlets, there's freelancers. Um, so, so yeah, we, we basically discuss, you know, how to market the association to potential new members, and we onboard 
you know, new new members, people that are maybe new in the Catholic press or Catholic media positions in their dioceses or at their publication. And, um, and then we plan educational networking opportunities for people of the association. So, yeah, June of last year, I've been a member of the association since 2014, and then every year, you know, there's we elect board of directors for any outgoing flops, and and so I was nominated by my peers in in Catholic media, and I last summer was elected to a three year term. So I'm a I'm a member at large, which just means I have experience in more than just Catholic press. I have kind of strategic communication, marketing. I, I kind of have a wider background than just um, just the newspaper, let's say. So so that my I'm a member at large. We have regional representation and. Um, you know, editorial representation. And there's about 15 of us across the country that serve. So, yeah. Janelle, how important is it to have an organization like the Catholic Media Association to really do good work through Catholic media? I mean, how important is it to have good Catholic media in our world today? You know, I mean, Pope Francis has really spoken highly or, or spoken a lot about we need to cut through the, the clutter of, of the messaging and everything that's out there. And um, and I think with the Catholic Media Association, we can kind of link arms with one another. And that networking is so important to be able to, like, for example, I'm from a small mission diocese, and so I'm a one-person communication office running a newspaper you know, trying to to reach all of our parishes, not to say that I do the work alone, but that, you know, in terms of paid staff, you know, we're, we're small in numbers. And so that association is so helpful and beautiful and wonderful because we can lean on one another and lean on our peers in the industry and then really look to, to answer that call of of the need to evangelize hearts and evangelize people, whether that's through you know, the diocesan newspaper, um, statements of the bishop, however that looks, you know, it's kind of an expanded an expanded view of communications ministry in the church now because of all the all the avenues and tools available to us. So yeah, I mean it's important. It's important that we we do things together and and you know, do the best do the best we can to sow divisions that sometimes creep up, right? In the mm-hmm. Catholic media and in regular media. I mean it it, it happens. Yeah. Um, we can we can target people so differently now than than we once could. But if you're just tuning in, we're visiting with Janelle Gergen of the Diocese of Crookston about her passion for working with the church, especially in Catholic media. She actually just got not too long ago a new position in the diocese, and we're going to talk about that next when Real Presence Live continues. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. 
Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thanks so much for staying with us here on Real Presence Live. We are Brad Gray and Brandon Clark. The (laughs) B-Squad. We are the (laughs) B-Squad. And we are talking to Janelle Gergen from the Diocese of Crookston and, you know, sometimes some will say the Diocese of Fargo. But, uh, you know, let's not quibble over details here. Some being Brad Gray. (laughs) You know, Janelle, he just kind of lives, he's not very black or white. He just kind of lives in his own little little gray world world there. Yes. (laughs) So, Janelle, you have been the the communications director for the Diocese of Crookston since 2014, but you've taken on new responsibilities recently. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your new position as well as communications. Yes. So sure, Bishop Cousins, you know, Bishop Andrew Cousins was installed Bishop of the Diocese of Crookston in December, and the Chancellor um, retired in January, which it was just a planned retirement. And so uh, in the, the Bishop of the Diocese is bound by canon law to appoint a Chancellor, have a Chancellor at all times. So I was appointed that in February. Um, and so I can just kind of speak about, because maybe some people have no idea what mm-hmm. a, a chancellor of a diocese does. Um, the chancellor of a diocese, in simple terms, is responsible to ensure things are documented and archived properly. So we could say that the chancellor is, you know, the chief record keeper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this means keeping track of everything from the work of the bishop's curious staff to parish corporate board paperwork um, you know, maintaining clergy files is important, is very important. And then the chancellor also oversees official acts like decrees of the bishop, that sort of thing, maybe property transactions. Um, so essentially, I have taken an oath to document the truth and safeguard the truth and to do so impartially and showing no favor to individuals. <laughs> so it's kind of like a, an extension of your communications office in, in terms of like, this is long-term communication, right? Communication for, for the ages of, of what the records of the Diocese of Crookston has been all about, right? 
Absolutely. You know, and it's having a handle on what was, what is, and what is to come, Mm. you know, I guess you could say in that way. And, um, you know, a lot of my public-facing communications work up to this point has just been about making sure things are plugged into the appropriate channels of, you know, the technical side of things, making sure, you know, clergy bulletins and information go out and, and the newspaper and the website and all of that. You know, the chancellor piece of my position now, I think it's just, yes, it's more about how are we communicating internally, you know, as a staff, and and how are we supporting when things are communicated outwardly, then how is that recorded, you know, the way that it needs to be recorded and and, and all of that. So, yeah, you know, and and the chancellor is a a notary for the bishop, and Mm. the chance, you know, the the chancellor, um, you know, yeah, is the chief, chief record keeper, you know, Simultaneously with the, my appointment as chancellor, because I also have a lot of responsibility already with the Diocese of Kirkston, Bishop Cousins also appointed a priest of the Diocese of Kirkston, Father Adam Hamness, as archivist. So Father Adam's role is really going to be maintaining kind of some historical artifacts, you know, doing some research about sacramental records when requests come in, because we get all kinds of requests about those sorts of things in the archives. Um, and then he'll be heavily involved in any special archival projects. Like, for example, we might be the potential for maybe digitizing some of our sacramental records. Um, you know, so Father Adam and I are kind of tag teaming, mm. you know, what's happening with, with the, the history of the diocese at this point. But So it sounds like there's a lot of amazing things happening in your new and current position and uh, also what you were doing as, as Director of Communications. So will your responsibilities change? Will they kind of mold into this position? How's that going to look going forward? Sure. So the communications work essentially will kind of remain unchanged. Um, I'll still oversee the, the newspaper and, and the website and all those technical pieces. Um, but again, because of the title of chancellor, the appointment of chancellor, I, I am an ecclesiastical notary, which means my signature and seal authenticates documents of the bishop. Hmm. Um, I will be on the Diocese of Crookston's corporate board of directors, which also consists of the bishop, the vicar general, and the finance officer. This is just kind of standard church structure. Um, and then, you know, because I'm a member of the diocese's corporate board, I'm also on the diocesan finance council. Um, and so something that I was already doing prior to the appointment of chancellor is I was overseeing diocesan policy and procedures and making sure that, you know, documents were up to date and, and when we need to update um, policy documents that they got promulgated appropriately through the bishop's office. Um, and so I was doing all that before and I'll just kind of keep doing that as chancellor now. Um, and then... So maintaining clergy files is another piece that's just going to be a really, it's really important, you mm-hmm. know, through the office of the chancellor, the work of the chancellor. But then, so I'll be doing that piece um, aside from, like, Father Adam, like I kind of mentioned, his role is with the historical artifacts and some of the older documents of the church. My The maintenance of clergy files is just a constantly ongoing Thing that never stops. Every single day, I'm I'm filing clergy file um, filing things in the clergy files. Which these are letters of appointment and letters of suitability when priests of our diocese go visit somewhere outside the diocese. You know, all of these are things that kind of have come from, you know, the 2002 Charter of the U.S. Bishops. Um, and so, and then 
also with the clergy files, like if there is ever a case that there's an investigation of a member of our clergy, then I, as chancellor, assist the ministerial ministerial review board with the materials that they need um, when a situation moves through process toward conclusion. So basically just, again, documenting and archiving those things appropriately, um, you know, not showing any deference to individuals and just, um, you know, doing the best I can to be of service for throughout process. But. So Janelle, you also kind of have your finger on the pulse of the, the life of the church in many ways as chancellor, because you're tracking baptisms and receptions into full communion uh, with the church, like kind of what's happening sacramentally and as the church is, is growing or expanding or shrinking or, because you'll have, you'll compile all that data. For example, yep. in October, when we take the, the census at each parish, you know, what is the, yep. what is the, you know, the, the representation uh, in, you know, in each of the masses and so on. And so you'll submit that even to the Vatican for those international documents really that are kept of like what's going on in the church in the country and throughout the world. Right. Yeah. So that's also part of part of the role of the chancellor is, you know, the statistical data and, um, you know, submitting that, yes, for the official Catholic directory, or some people refer to it as the Kennedy directory. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and the annual Rome report, which we just kind of sent everything off for the Rome report at the end of January. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's having a pulse. It's just, it, you, you kind of said it, having a pulse on, right, the demographics and, um, you know, sacramentally what's happening in our diocese, you know, and tracking that throughout the years. Um, yeah, participation levels, all of it. It's just kind of the the inward flow of communications and statistics and the outward flow, definitely. And then there's always a sheet of paper or an email about it that I'm filing somewhere now. So that's just, uh, you know, kind of how things have changed for me in the last couple of months. It's just kind of wrapping my head around, you know, I was probably storing things as the director of communications for a certain purpose. Now I'm thinking in terms of storage and and how how am I you know, maintaining and archiving things just a little bit differently for the good for the good of the whole church and for the good of the whole diocese. So yeah. You know, one of the things I think about is just the importance of what you're doing mm-hmm. because a lot of this record keeping and documenting and storing of documents especially like when you think about the census right, and, yeah. and figuring out the, the pulse of, of the life of the church, that's going to all come together into how decisions are made for the future of the diocese. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I just want Absolutely. our listeners to understand like this is, it may seem very administrative, but it's so important because it's going to inform the bishop for, for how to make decisions uh, in years to come. Yeah. Absolutely. And then another thing to really consider in all of this is that as a mission diocese, you know, we apply for funding through certain avenues like Catholic Extension and and grants. We receive grant money to support our efforts in the rural part of the country. And so a lot of, you know, there's decisions that are made about finances and funding and all of that based on kind of the demographics and and what what do things look like here. So yeah, aside from even just decisions of the bishop, it's decisions of of you know granted funds and that's very important. So I work, you know, closely with the stewardship office when you know when when our director of stewardship and development is you know the, the chancellor and the director of stewardship work closely on those numbers. So yeah, you know, as we've been talking about this, I was kind of struck by the realization that you're 
you're in some ways the keeper of the family photo album of the Diocese of Crookston. I mean, it's, there's a certain, uh, you know, um, what would you say, a certain identity of, of our history determines our identity in many ways. Like, that's where we draw who we are from. And so to have the one who keeps and safeguards uh, and preserves the, the identity that we've had as a, as a body uh, is, is critically important, right? It's yeah, it's very important and and it's humbling. I mean, it's really humbling. You know, I I have been in the diocesan archives before, but now I've I've been in there a lot more in the last two months. You know, almost every day I'm, I'm in the archives, and it's it's incredible how when I cross the threshold and I enter that space, I it's it's powerful in that I'm I'm overcome daily by I, I get the sense that I'm entering sacred space. I really am because these are people's stories. This is the story of the life of our local church, of of our 66 parishes in these 14 counties, and the priests and the deacons and the bishops that have served here. You know, I, I, I don't take it lightly that what is there has been important, is important now, and will continue to be important forever. You know, there's it's, it's very overwhelming. You know, I think just in how we've had a conversation here over the past half hour and, and what you've said and capping it off of what you just said, mm-hmm. you're definitely the perfect person for Absolutely. this position. Janelle. I'm so glad to hear that that Bishop has appointed you for that because you're going to do such a great job. You know, we have about 30 seconds left here. You mentioned the word humbling. I'm just wondering, when you sit back and you think about all this, what, what feelings come to come to your heart as far as where you're at and... <laughs> You know how you came from being laid off to youth ministry, and and now you're your chancellor for the diocese. You know, I just I I feel honored and blessed that that I was the recipient of God's grace in a way that has put me in a position to do what I can to to give back to Christ Church on Earth, and um, you know if I maybe didn't feel called or qualified for something like this 20 years ago, but, but you know, the Lord has worked in my life and in, in the life of the Diocese of Crookston to kind of to join us together in this way right now, and this is part of my story and, and part of the story of, of the Diocese of Crookston, and I'm, I feel really, I think Bishop Cousins is a gift to the Diocese of Crookston, and being able to serve under his leadership at this time and in this moment is it's big, and, and I, I feel honored, and so, yeah, I'm looking forward to we're going to move to Mount St. Benedict in the near future after, you know, we've been undergoing a capital campaign. So being part of that transition is really beautiful, too, because we'll get to even, even with the archives, you know, fireproof a new location and mm. for our archives. So, yeah, it's just it's a really um, exciting moment in the life of the Diocese of Crookston, and I do feel humbled, blessed, honored to just have been chosen, and, and I will do my best to to um, do everything appropriately and the way that the Lord needs it to be done. So thank you for your kind words. I appreciate that, Brandon. Amen. Yeah, absolutely. It's been an honor and blessing to visit with you this morning. Janelle, thanks so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, B-Squad. The B-Squad, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Speaking of B-Squad, we're not done yet. No, we are not done yet. When we get back from the break, we're going to talk about who... It's this week's donuts, <laughs> and also why I'm a bad friend. They tie together. <laughs> they do indeed. We'll tell you about that when Real Presence Live continues. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live. 
where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 